Well, we're going to continue today our series, and uh, thank you to, to those of you who have had social media, direct messages. I even got a beautiful, couple of beautiful emails from people, and just uh, from just last week's message with, uh, where I spoke to Dr. Uh, Bukola, and just uh, talking about health, and how do we get healthy minds, and, and, uh, and we've been in this last couple of weeks in our Rooted Journal, we've been talking about why me, why me? You know, our verse has been really taken out of John chapter 16, verse 33, where Jesus said, said, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Peace is not found in, in things. Peace is found in a person, and that person is Jesus. He says, he says but in this world, he says, you will, you will have trouble. Some translations say trials. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to go through some things. You're going to have some disappointments, some hard, some challenges. Things are going to happen. But he says, but take heart. He says, stand firm. Why? He says, because I have overcome. And he's inviting us. You see, Christianity is an invitation to be rooted in Christ. And as we're rooted in Christ, we can stand against the storms. We don't have to react and, and, and lose it. We can respond by running to Christ and respond through Christ to the challenges in life. Today, uh, we're going to talk about how do we respond when we've been wronged? How do we respond when... You know, someone wrongs us or offends us or does something to hurt us or someone says something or we face betrayal because betrayal is a part of life. There's going to be times where sometimes the ones you love the most are the ones that sometimes hurt us the most. You know, there's an old saying, hurt people, hurt people. That's life. And sinners act like sinners. But let me tell you something, something. sometimes even Christians will hurt you. Even Christians will hurt you. Why? Because we all have flesh. We all have flesh. And sometimes that's the hardest is when brothers or sisters in Christ hurt us. And it's so easy to get offended and to have a hardened heart. But you know what? This, the best heart surgeon you could ever know is Jesus. God takes out the heart of stone and he turns it into a heart of flesh. See, God can always come in the midst of pain and, and heal our hearts. But sometimes you can feel wronged when you get a bad report. You get a bad diagnosis. You find out you've lost your job and you can feel so wrong. God, I, I gave my best, I gave everything. I mean, I sacrificed, I, I've been, I mean, I've been in my Bible, I've been praying and, and I get this bad report. God, where are you? Why am I going through this? You know, last year around Easter, this happened to a couple that uh, they were getting ready for Easter celebration and Pain came into their life, a bad report. I want you to put your hands together as we welcome up uh, this morning, Preston and Kendall McFarlane. So glad to have you guys with us this morning and, uh, and uh, for you to share just this, this story and the journey that, that you've been on. And, uh, and so tell us a little bit about just how this this journey, this, uh, this storm that came into your life, how, when did that happen and how did that come about? Yeah, so like you said, it all started on Good Friday. Um, like any young parents know, like very first thing you have to do typically in the morning if you, if you have little ones is uh, change a diaper, which is a great way <laughs> to start the day. Um, but for our kiddos, they've always been really good sleepers. Um, many times we just kind of let them roll out of bed. We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. 
And for us, uh, Good Friday started with Nash, our, our youngest, coming into our room, which is very uh, out of personality for him. And he came in and basically just asked us to change his diaper. And in doing so, we found a very large mass on Nash's right side, which is the side of your liver. Um, and at that point, we just thought, maybe the kid just has to poop, right? Like, that happens with a lot of kids. <laughs> um, and in doing so, it was just a very, very large mass. And so we called up our pediatrician, and, and uh, it, given that it was Good Friday, like, we went over there, like, pretty quickly. And then they sent us directly to the, the ER um, at Phoenix Children's Hospital, just knowing that we would get the fastest treatment there. Um, and in doing so, we started with a scan. But before we go into all of that, if you could bring up the first photo for us, please. So this is Nash. Um, taking a step back just a little bit, but this is like how he looked uh, Good Friday morning, right? Like kid, full head of hair. Um, definitely a little bruiser. Um, and an absolute for force to be reckoned with. And I think anybody that knows him, um, he is uh, legitimately is born in where the wild things are. Um, <laughs> And if you could jump over to the second video, just here in a second, I'm gonna tee it up. But um, for us, like we very, very quickly rolled into this, this moment of having to decipher and digest information very, very quickly. As we went to Phoenix Children's Hospital, we found out that um, well, one scan led to another and, and it just kind of turned into this cyclone or, or tunnel or black hole of just moving very quickly. Um, and we found out that Nash had uh, four tumors on his liver, uh, covered about 75% of his liver, which for a kiddo that 21 months at that point, mm -hmm. 21 months at that point, um, that's huge. The fact mm -hmm. that you could see it bulging out of his side and um, the, even, the craziest thing about it is that we never realized it before. Uh, even like the first thing that we did, the moment that we saw it was go back and look at photos and we were at a pool party the day before and there's no, there's no bump on Nash's side, so I'm not sure if something's shifted overnight, but mm. regardless, we went down this, this spiral of having to digest information super quickly and, and to start to like decipher uh, where we go as parents and, and having to figure out what the best, the, the best direction was for Nash and our family, and it kind of led to this moment. Yeah, so this will be a video of us three days in. Um, what we didn't know on that journey is what, our, what we know now, and um, so you'll see that in that, but we ended up doing six rounds of really intense chemotherapy. He went through a liver resection surgery in July that was incomplete and unsuccessful. We went on a wait list to get a liver transplant, which he had in November, and then he had to finish with four rounds of maintenance chemo after that. Um, and so this video is day three. We haven't started chemo or anything, but um, that's just kind of the full picture of what we've done the last 10 months and uh, over 130 days at PCH inpatient um, in the hospital um, for NASH. So. Yeah, we'll watch the video. Hi, friends. I'm going to get through this try to without crying. Nash is here. He's just playing. Say hi. I have a couple <laughs> things I want to share real quick. Um, 
<sighs> First of all, today has been a good day. Today's been a day of rest, so we haven't had a ton of exams. We've been playing on our mat. We've been um, just having a really relaxing day. Tomorrow's gonna be a big day for us. Um, Nash is gonna go under anesthesia, and uh, we're gonna have a couple of procedures done for tomorrow. So um, we know three things right now, and we'll keep everybody updated as we <clears throat> continue to learn more about this journey, but the three things we do know is we're here at Phoenix Children's Hospital and they are absolutely incredible. Um, so we're so thankful to be here. We also know that we are not alone and everybody who reached out to us, um, you guys are incredible. We are so loved and that's because of you. So thank you for being a part of our circle and we had people from our childhood, college, work, um, every season of our lives, church, families, every season of our lives reach out to us and just know that each one of you guys is part of our circle and our team and we're not alone. And then we just know one last thing that we are gonna try to be vulnerable with this and, um, our, uh, and just share with what we can and our um, foundation is going to be um, I Am Strong, which is Joshua 1.9. And Joshua 1.9 says, I am strong and I am courageous. And that is going to be... Um, oh, you want to open this up? That's going to be our anthem moving forward. So we'll keep you guys updated. But thank you so much for your prayers and love and support. And um, we're so blessed. Nash, can you say hello? Hello. <laughs> say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, it's such, such a beautiful... That was day three. Day three. Day three. And, uh, <laughs> We've come a long way from day three. <laughs> I, I love what you, what you said in that video, and we, we discussed that in detail, was you guys had a decision to be vulnerable or to keep it to yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that decision was actually made um, in the emergency room. We got the diagnosis, and like Preston said, we, got, we went there for constipation. We were going to host Easter at our house that year. Um, our family ended up coming to Phoenix Children's, and we did prayer um, outside of the hospital on Easter. But uh, we decided, we, we said, with this news, we either do this alone, and we keep this very private, or we be vulnerable and we say yes and um, we share the good, the bad, and the ugly and the hard and um, yeah, and, and once we kind of made that decision, we, we stuck with it. <laughs> so good. Because so, so many people, when they get a bad report, they, they isolate, right? And, and withdraw and you guys did the opposite, right? Yeah. Like Kendall said, we, we saw people come out of the woodwork, whether it be anybody in this audience that, that, that prayed for us or reached out to us or friends. And I mean, we saw so many just, we don't believe in coincidences anymore, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, but if you could keep on going through the photos real quick, I just want to show you guys kind of like our community that we built throughout all of this. This is right after we changed. Yeah, there we go. So all of these people in this photo, this is actually at Nash's bell ringing. Every single one of these people are just employees of PCH. Not a single person in here is a family member or a friend. Well, they are now, but um, this is just a mass amount of people that just gathered around us throughout this time. And just like Kendall said, like, 
it, we decided to share it, you know? Yeah. Um, and we decided to do it in a way that people could follow our journey if they wanted to. Um, but also just be very real in it. And, and I mean, you mentioned in the first service that this was during COVID. Co- I mean, COVID at the hospital, so par- family couldn't even come, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, Knox, the, his big brother, um, they're 18 months apart, and Knox is four now, and Nash is two and a half. But um, there are 130 days uh, that those brothers were apart because mm-hmm. of COVID. So um, Knox wasn't allowed upstairs for any of it. Uh, we adopted a poster on Easter weekend that said, I am strong, and it had Joshua 1-9. And that was um, one of the child life staff at the hospital said, let's put this poster up so every time Knox is at the hospital, he can find his brother's room. Mm. And the family, they, the family yeah. coming together and praying. Yeah, you could see our... that poster up on, through his window and know that's where he's at. Yeah, and, for yeah. a long time, Preston and I were the only ones allowed in his room. So no family was allowed upstairs. Um, and you had mentioned isolation. And I would say just like, um, that has been the hardest part of this journey is, is the physical isolation. We had such a big community outside of the hospital mm-hmm. walls, but um, you're physically isolated. This is our... First Sunday back in church. In 10 months, right? In 10 months. <laughs> this year, since, yeah, since yeah. last Easter. <laughs> wow. No, no, when you shared, you, you, you guys said, you know, there's the coming to the place of allowing people to serve you, right? And you mentioned even by people saying, hey, I'll go get your groceries for you. Oh, what do you need for dinner? And just inviting that in uh, was just for you, in some ways, a lot of healing. Yeah, there's a lot of pride that comes up, just comes around with stuff like this. And I mean, Kendall and I made the decision very, very early that we were going to push that pride aside. Much easier said than done for anybody <laughs> yeah. wanting to know. Yeah. Um, but we had, I mean, Kendall and I have been married for, for seven years uh, mm. this October. And it's like, it's one of those things that we took a lot of pride in our marriage. We took a lot of pride in doing a lot of things ourselves mm. or not having to ask for help. Um, and I would encourage anybody that's going through anything like this, whether it be something super traumatic or even just loss of a job or a breakup or whatever it may be, just ask for help. People, people like, do know what you're going through, right? Like after first service, the very first two people that came over and talked to us was two people that actually went through the same thing. Wow. But wow. they were on the other side and they actually lost their, their kid, right? And it was incredible to actually be able to talk with them. Um, but that all started for the sole fact that we decided to push that pride aside. And similar to your point about mm. just people like lined up to help mm. us out. And that was incredible, emotionally, financially, um, anything that might pop up in terms of like just getting groceries. And so I would also urge you guys, like if you happen to know somebody that's going through it, don't just reach out and be like, hey, what can I do to help? Reach out with a very specific thing to basically give, so right? Good. Hey, can I go get you groceries? Hey, do you need a date night? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, do you need Beautiful. us to do your laundry? Like just, just things like that, that it's so much easier to say yes mm-hmm. when you um, have something specific that somebody is actually offering to do. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes it's hard just to, when people ask you a question, 
you're just so emotionally tired to now have to give an answer and think of something where someone just takes the initiative and says, it's just the simple things I can help you with. And Kendall, would you share about um, the pediatrician that went to Africa? I just, I love that story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this story has touched so many more people that we're aware of. Um, and I truly believe it's going to keep going. And um, our pediatrician, uh, Dr. Matsumoto, and her team, Dr. Dan, Dr. Miller, they're the ones that we started with first. And they, she went to a missions trip in Africa and had recorded a prayer of you know, the ministry out there praying for us. We had someone carrying a rock up a hill um, during a race because they had to pick up a rock. And they said, this rock represents Nash on my back. Like, mm -hmm. I can do this. And this is a hard thing because Nash can do hard things. Um, so I just think it's like so incredible that people have, that we will probably never meet, um, that our story has touched and that they, we have had people pray for us all over, all yeah. over. <laughs> I remember a night here, I mean, I was new to the church and there was Curtis and Vicky put together and Gina prayer night with Zoom. And so it was the first time I actually got to see you guys on, yeah. on, on a screen and, and agree and pray with, uh, oh my gosh, there must have been 50 people in the room praying. It's so beautiful. Um, Preston, you share about the moment where you got the bad report from the doctor and you remember very well. Uh, would you share about that and just the moment of control? So for anybody that's gotten terrible, terrible news, I'm sure you can remember like exactly where you were, what the room was like. Um, for me, I can tell you what shoes the doctor was wearing um, because she was wearing like these sequins glittery shoes, which I thought was like almost upsetting or, or like uh, um, ironic. ironic, yeah, that we were getting this, this terrible news while she was wearing like sparkly shoes. Well, later that, that came full circle and she was also wearing the same sparkly shoes when Nash rang the bell. But um, wow. now, I, when you get news like that, right? Like I, I, when we were talking about it last week, I was struggling to try to think of a way to, to describe what that feels like or to give you an idea on what it was like for us to, to even begin to start to deal with it, right? Like what's that starting point? Because many times you need to be paralyzed mm -hmm. at that point. And, we chose to go, right? We chose 100% go. Um, and the way that I would describe it is we were getting this news, we were sitting in this hospital room and they tell us the news. They're like, hey, your son has, has cancer. We don't know where, well, they did know, but they didn't have the diagnosis yet, right? But uh, from a blood test, and I remember her delivering that news and there's a moment of like complete flush. There's like, uh, your heart comes up to your, to your, through your chest, your stomach's coming up through your throat, and there's this a moment, and I would, I would like to describe it to jumping out of an airplane, right? Like, for those of you that have skydived before in the past, you were about to jump out of a perfectly good airplane, right? <laughs> and the, the perfectly good airplane for us was a healthy marriage, um, a healthy family, and like a, a great home that we were always at. Um, we spend a lot of time at home. We invite people over and we, just, we love our home. We like it to be a rotating door in and out. And at that moment, everything was flipped upside down, right? The same way that it is the moment that you jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And you jump out and you look up and you see that airplane on top of you and you're like, why did I jump out of that? 
right? You're, now you're gaining speed, you're gaining speed. And for us, that gaining speed was uh, learning more about the diagnosis, doing more tests, um, having to start to figure out uh, what our next steps were. Mm. I mean, at, at one point, full transparency, we, we asked, like, what happens if we don't treat this? We don't know what's best for our kid. We are not medical experts, right? Like, is it selfish for us to put our kid through this? Um, we also asked the question, like, what happens if we wouldn't have found it? Or if Nash wouldn't have, like, prompted us that morning? And, it, and for things like that, that can turn you into a, spike, a, spi a spiral as you're falling, right? You fall more and more and more. And it's really, really easy to get lost in that. Really easy. Um, but then as you fall more and more, you begin to realize that you are not in control, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing to hold on to. You, you've now hit your speed, right? And you are just flying. Um, and it's also, to, it's easy to see somebody else flying as well. My first time skydiving was actually with my brother Parker. And I remember looking up, because he jumped right after, and he's just moving through the sky, right? And it's, it's, it really is paralyzing. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, what do you do? You, you have to remember that you just need to give it up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there, for, if you're skydiving, enjoy the moment. If you are going through something difficult, hand it over to, to, to God or hand it over to your community, hand it over to somebody else because you cannot, you cannot do it yourself. Yeah. And then you start to remember, you're like, oh yeah, somebody's strapped to my back, right? And they have a parachute, which is pretty helpful. <laughs> um, and you just need to remember that like, that's, that's your first time. If it's your first time going through something like that, if it's your first time skydiving or if it's loss of a job, a breakup, or whatever, right? Like, you have to lean on yeah. somebody else. And for, for us, it was leaning on God or leaning on a community and, and knowing that we were going to pull that cord yeah. at some point and that he's got us. Yeah. yeah, so good. And we did get a, we got to do instead a bell ringing at Phoenix Children's. So Nash is cancer-free and has a liver transplant. <laughs> so, let's, yeah. That happened in, in January. Um, we, someone did pull the parachute, finally. <laughs> Our story's not over, but... Yeah. yeah. Now, Kendall, you shared uh, a bit that there was a moment where, because, you know, in the midst of this, just all these decisions and then seeing your kid going through chemo and the, his, his head, you know, head being cut off and, and just... No, we got a liver. Nope, it's not compatible. And just all of these, you know, just negative moments. And uh, there was a there was a God moment for you where you literally drew a, a line in the sand. Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I can remember uh, Preston and I having this conversation, and it was in somewhere in October, November. So he had gone through the liver resection, and it was incomplete and unsuccessful. And so we had to wait for a new liver and. Um, you still are doing chemo, and there's just a lot of procedures, and um, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it, it wasn't fun. There's a lot of pokes and medicine and a lot of things that just don't make sense, um, and separation and transitions from the hospital home and um, the boys being separated, and so at some point, that can wear on you, and a lot of lack of sleep. <laughs> um, 
And Preston and I were kind of going at it, and it was one of those transitions back home. And I remember saying, enough. And I said, enough. The enemy can have his win with Nash's cancer, but he doesn't get anything else. He doesn't get our marriage. He doesn't get our joy. He doesn't get our peace. Um, he doesn't get our relationships. He doesn't make, you know, at that moment we chose to fight for things that we could control um, and things that God could partner with us. Um, because there were things that were out of our control. Our son had cancer. We needed a liver. You know, there were things that were set in motion that weren't going away, that weren't going backwards. But things like um, peace and joy. Can I speak on that real and, quick? Yeah. So one thing that I want everybody to keep in mind is when you get a liver, somebody else has to lose theirs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So for us, that's, that's super, super heavy. Um, I don't know why God did it the way that he did or whatever, but like somebody has to lose their le legit baby, their child, right? For ours to survive. And that's like, we were talking about it and that seems really selfish, mm. right? I hope everybody's donors because you don't <laughs> need it after you're gone. But, but I, I just want people to kind of like let that sit in for a moment. And that's, that's another reason why like, a lot of marriages don't survive yeah. through these moments. And it's, there, there is legitimately a reason for everything. We don't believe in coincidences anymore. And I think I said that already once, but that's not a coincidence. Um, and yeah, sorry, I'll hand it back over to you. I just wanted to make sure like, no. that. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like if anyone's going through a tough time um, and that could be depression, mental health, anything, anything that the enemy is coming at you and, and attacking you, um, we just have this moment where we're like, okay, great, you got your win. Our son has can cancer, we're going through this. This is not fun, this is our day to day. Um, but then we were like, what, what do we get to pick? What battles does God get to come on our team? And we said, he, we want protection over our marriage. We want peace. We want our house to be a safe place for our kiddos and us. And so you can declare that over your life too, whatever those, those things are. So beautiful, guys. And um, I love, uh, just closing, I love what uh, your verse, Joshua 1, 9, yeah. being strong in the Lord. And I think in that moment of you just seeing that's enough yeah. and taking that authority and not withdrawing more and taking it out and re reacting, you responded. And I love, because Joshua said to put a stake in the ground, it's for me and my house. We're gonna serve the Lord. Yeah. We're gonna trust the Lord. And so love and appreciate you guys. And we'd love to pray over you. And church, would you stretch out your hands and uh, just, uh, we're gonna agree today because Nash got his liver trans. <laughs> transplant, but he's still healing, and, and so let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this couple and uh, for, for Knox and for Nash, and just uh, we want to pray today over Nash, Lord, just uh, as he's uh, just recovering, God, that just we pray for a full 100% recovery, God, and uh, we pray that 
that you just strengthen him. And for this couple, God, as they have come out of just, uh, Lord, these, these months of going through this, that you would refresh them, God. We pray refreshing over their marriage, refreshing over the kids, just your joy and your peace, and that you'd restore everything that the enemy has stolen. And so we just, as a church, speak blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Would you give them a hand? Thank you guys. Amen. You know, uh, I, I love Preston and Kendall's story because they had to guard their hearts. You know, my favorite verse, and you've heard me share it many times, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, says, guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course and direction of your life. And so many people, when they're wronged, whether it's a betrayal, a relationship, marriage, friend, kids, or a bad report, or losing a job, or something bad happens in life, so often we don't guard our hearts. And if you don't guard your heart, the Bible says, be careful that a root of bitterness doesn't get in your heart. Because if a root of bitterness gets in your heart, it's gonna produce bad fruit. You're gonna go through things. And so really quickly today, I wanna talk to you about three ways to guard your heart. Because maybe today you got a bad report. Maybe something bad happened to you. Maybe you, you got bad news. Maybe someone hurt you. And it's something from the past. And it's just, you know, maybe today you're just going through the, the stress of that, the pain of that. You, you relive those moments in your mind. And you're, you know, I want to encourage you today. The Bible says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In fact, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And maybe today you've got to say to the enemy, no more. Just as Kendall said, no more. Because John 10, verse 10, the back part says this. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life overflowing. It says the enemy wants to bring pain in life, but we can stand and trust God and put a line in the sand and say, no more, it's enough. I'm, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. So how do, I, how do I guard my heart? I'm gonna give you three things. Number one, you gotta loosen control. You know, sometimes control is a false sense of security. The reality is none of us are in control. I, I just flew back from Honduras on Friday and when I got on, the, got on the seat and I was actually kind of going through this message, I was sitting in the seat with the seatbelt on and I realized this, I'm not flying the plane. Somebody else is. I sure hope they know what they're doing. Guess what? I had to sit back. I said a prayer and fly. A pilot had to, I, I didn't have control. When you walked into church today, guess what? I didn't see any of you going to your seat and going, well, is it, is it broken? Will it hold me up? Am I gonna? No, you know what you did? You just sat down. Why? Because you had faith in that chair to hold your weight. You had faith that the chair wasn't broken. Sometimes in life, we, we put so simply just put our faith in things, but what about putting our faith in God? What about trusting God? What about trusting God with the pain, the disappointments in life, the should have, could have, would have moments? Saying, God, I want to trust you. Proverbs chapter 3 puts it so beautifully, and we know this verse in verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. And what? Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And what's he gonna do? He'll direct your paths. 
You know, I love this verse because it's really saying I'm loosening control. God, I'm giving the control to you because there's none better to trust than you, God. And so God, I'm choosing to trust you with all of my heart. And maybe today your heart is broken and hurting and there's stuff in your heart that you got, there's so much junk in my heart. You know, the good news is this, the best heart surgeon's God. He takes the heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. His grace and mercy is on you every morning. And it's just simply saying, God, I wanna trust you with my life. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this, but I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding in all my ways. I'm gonna acknowledge who you are. And I'm grateful today that you will direct my paths. You know how to lead me through this. You are the shepherd of Psalm 23. Shepherd that leads me by green pastures and still waters. God, I wanna give control to you. The second thing is to welcome change. To embrace change. It's interesting, I read this statistic that over 70% of dominant personality styles in America have a fear of change as their greatest fear. People that are dominant and in control and got it figured out and movers and shakers, their greatest fear is the fear of change. Life is all about change. There's gonna be moments of change. And think about coming to Jesus Christ. He says what? In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, he says, you are now a new creation. The old you is gone, the new has come. And so there's so often, and we wanna to go to the old behaviors and the old habits and the old patterns. And God says, welcome change. You are a new creation. The old is gone. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven, a couple of verses back, Paul writes this. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes when storms come and, and you feel wronged in that moment, you have a choice to either walk and live by, by fear and live by sight or to live by faith, saying, God, I'm loosening control and I'm, I'm gonna welcome change. You are gonna work this out. For the Bible says you work all things out for those who called according to your purpose, God. You're gonna work this out. I love what Preston said. It's like when you jump out the plane and you, you, you feel wrong to get the bad report or the bad news, you're like, I'm not in control, I'm free falling. The good news is God's holding me and he's got a parachute, he's gonna work this out. It's all gonna work out. But it's me letting go of control. It's me saying, God, I wanna welcome change in this season. And the change, you know what change is not God change them. Sometimes it's God change me. Would you change me, God? God, I, I need you to bring. I want the old to be gone. That's why our key verse for this rooted over the last couple of weeks is found in Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven. It says, and therefore as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, as you've made the decision to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you, forgive me of my sins. Would you set me free from, from the hurts and disappointments and all the bad things? I wanna, I wanna know you, I want eternal life. I want this John 10, 10 life. He says, Paul then says, so, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul's writing and saying, you know, once you ask Jesus into your life, now commit to let go in of control and embrace the change he wants to bring in your life and do what? He says, walk with him, be rooted in him. What does that simply mean? Do life with Jesus, not Sunday, every day. Every day, I wanna do life with you, God. I wanna be rooted in you. Rooted in your truth, what you say about me, God. I wanna know who you are. So loosen control. I'm trusting you, God. For some of you today, that's your next step. God, I've been carrying this pain, but in Matthew chapter 11, you said I'm to bring my yoke and my burdens and to bring them to you. And you said you would give me rest. 
emotionally. Some of you, you need rest for your soul, but it starts when you just trust God and then embrace change. Would you come and bring change? And then the third one is deepen relationships. Get right people. I love what you know, Preston and Kendall had a choice to make. Do we keep this to ourselves, or do we become, I love the word they used, vulnerable. Vulnerable in being transparent and saying, we need help. I need help. Groceries or doing laundry, who, who knows? Maybe, to you, maybe for you today, is you just need someone to pray with you. Maybe today you just need to find a group. We have groups here at Mountain Park, some, a group to get into community where you can be rooted in community because Paul said when you give your life to Jesus, you get planted in a family. And, and you see, God doesn't want you to go through in this fallen, broken world with sin and pain and tribulation trials. God doesn't want you to go through it alone. He wants you to get right people in your life that'll be there to pray with you and talk with you. And, and there's something so amazing when we do life together because there's seasons where, where, where people are gonna walk with you, but there's seasons where you need to walk with others. That's the beauty of Christianity. That is the church, I believe, in its most glorious state is when we serve and love one another. We don't criticize or judge or tear down, but we love, pray for, and edify each other. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're isolated, take that next step. You know, after a moment, Cindy and the team are going to lead us in a song, and, and maybe you know, as we end this service today, maybe, maybe today it's, it, it, as we sing and maybe for the first time, God, I want to trust you with this. I want to surrender it to you. God, I want to welcome your change, your healing. Would you start to heal me? Or maybe today, a next step for you is, is after the song, I'm going to close the service, but there's going to be the prayer team up here. Maybe today for you is to deepen relationship by taking a next step and saying to one of our prayer team leaders, would you just pray for me today? Because I want to tell you something, God answers prayer. And the Bible says with two or more agree concerning anything, it will be done. And sometimes you just need to deepen relationships and take that next step. And, and to be vulnerable and transparent and to let God minister to you through someone. It's so beautiful. I think in my life of the moments where I have felt defeated, the moments where I, even in my own life, well, you're the pastor of the church, yeah, but I too go through things because I'm in this world too. But I think of the moments of the people that have come around me and lifted up my arms. Moments where, I can tell you the moments where I said, God, I'm done with ministry. I just want to get, I just, I won't do it anymore. It's too much. There'd be moments. People have come alongside and said, God has called you. People have prayed for me, encouraged me. Because life is not easy. That's why we need to be rooted in Christ, rooted in community, Rooted in truth, rooted in mission. Instead of crying, why me? God, come change me. Come heal me. Do what only you can do. And I want to encourage you today, get planted in the church. Hopefully it's Mountain Park. Get planted because you need people in your life. So I'm going to let Cindy, as we, she sings this song, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes for a moment and or if you want to look at the words, whatever, today, and just spend, spend a, the next couple of minutes reflecting. Just reflect with God.